Hey, I'm Mary Ellen Dance, licensed mental health counselor and owner of Pittsburgh Therapy. I'm on a mission to strip away the stigmas surrounding therapy and mental health and talk about how we can use the culture of self-improvement for our benefit rather than our demise. I used to think I was doing life all wrong, from getting fired from a dream job to advising clients on relationships while I myself was trying to sort through that dumpster fire. But then I realized my imperfections are what made me a good therapist. So join me on a journey not to be perfect, but to be well, okay-ish. Welcome. Your session has now started. Hi, welcome back. I hope everyone is having a fantastic Monday. I want to tell you, when I first started this podcast, one of my early episodes, I think it was episode like 12, I did it on diet culture. I encourage you to go check it out. It's called Never Tell a Woman She Looks Pregnant and Other Things Not to Say. You can imagine that that podcast came from someone telling me I look pregnant. So that's a funny story. Go check it out. But I thought it was time to do another episode on diet culture. Thanks so much for being here with me. Follow along wherever you're listening so you can get alerts on Mondays when the pod comes out. And I'm so excited to talk about this. Even though I did an episode a while ago, probably a year and a half ago now, there's a few reasons why I want to talk about diet culture again. One of the reasons is that it is super, super prevalent. I mean, come on, most everyone, at least every female that I know, can relate to this in some form or another. And the field is blowing up, blowing up. I see health coaches everywhere. I see personal trainers everywhere. Nothing wrong with those uh, professions. I just feel like I'm seeing them everywhere. Maybe my Instagram algorithm is just targeted that way. I don't know. But I see boutique gyms popping up all over the place. I should have looked this up before this podcast, but I'm sure that this industry is just growing. I'm sure it's worth billions and billions of dollars. So because the field is blowing up, because it's prevalent, I wanted to talk about it. But another reason is I just finished reading the book Tired as Fuck, written by Caroline Dooner, who also wrote the book called The Fuck It Diet. Full disclosure, I have not read The Fuck It Diet. But in Tired as Fuck, which I just read, there's a lot of references to her experiences with diet culture, her experiences with kind of being a part of diet culture and how she kind of got out of it. So it's been very, very much on my mind. So I thought, hmm, might as well do another episode on it because if it's on my mind, it must be on other people's minds. So before I, you know, get into how to avoid toxic diet culture, I should probably first talk about what toxic diet culture is, why it's toxic, you know, what's healthy culture, like what's the differences, you know, all of that good stuff. So let's first talk about what it is, because I feel like the lines have gotten really, really blurred between what's healthy and what's not healthy. I feel like at least I've seen a lot of gyms, a lot of health coaches or personal trainers or whatever online who are saying, well, well, this is the unhealthy way to do it. And this is the healthy way to do it. But that healthy way they're saying is also kind of unhealthy. So these lines are kind of blurred and confusing. So the Alliance for Eating Disorders, which 
I want to be a part of that, the Alliance for Eating Disorders. I want to support people who are struggling with eating disorders. But the Alliance for Eating Disorders defines toxic diet culture as any programs that encourage extreme weight loss, require restricting yourself, suggest cutting calories, as well as programs that advertise pills and shakes. Okay, so let's talk about what some of that may mean, how we might have seen this showing up a little bit. Labeling foods as good or bad. Labeling meals as cheat meals. Earning food. I hear people say that all the time. Well, I worked out today, so I earned a cheat meal. Feeling guilt or shame for eating. Oh, I had this cheat meal. I feel guilty about it. I'm going to make sure I do an extra hard workout tomorrow because of it. Feeling like we need to justify eating. Eating is a human necessity. We don't need to justify it in any way. Praising weight loss or really any wording around weight. Using words like thin, skinny, fat, big. All of those words can be really unhealthy. I hear people talk about clean eating all the time. I'm a clean eater. Well, I wash my hands before I eat. Does that count as clean eating? Like, oh my gosh, clean eating really, really, it drives me crazy. Eat healthy. That's great. Healthy foods are great. Like healthy foods, bring on the healthy foods. That was an old Sesame Street song. (laughs) Um, That's wonderful. Meals are great. It's not a cheat meal. It's a meal. Ugh. Anyways, cheat meals and clean eating really, really bother me. Now, I do want to mention some people may be listening to this and be thinking, okay, well, I want to eat healthy or maybe I want to lose a little bit of weight. I'm not happy with my weight. How do I do that in a healthy way? Well, this is where the lines have gotten so blurred. There are ways to do that in a healthy way. And if you're thinking about wanting to lose weight or wanting to, you know, eat differently in a healthy way, I have a few things to say about that. The first thing I have to say is that you are beautiful just the way you are. I'm saying that with confidence. You are beautiful just the way you are. And unless a doctor has told you for a specific health reason, you do not need to lose weight. You're beautiful and you do not need to lose weight. Now, if you hear me and believe that you're beautiful and believe that you don't need to lose weight, but want to make some adjustments to your lifestyle still, okay, we can do that in healthy ways. My biggest advice for doing that in a healthy way is making sure you have people who are supporting you to not fall down a rabbit hole. It is hard not to fall down a rabbit hole. I'm really, really lucky. I do not struggle with an eating disorder. However, I am a female in society. So have I struggled with not loving the way I look at different points and things like that? Of course. I don't own a scale because when I owned a scale, I would weigh myself every single day. And that was not good for me. That was not good for me, especially because our weight fluctuates. So like for me, if I'm trying to lose weight in a healthy way, maybe I'm watching what I'm eating. Maybe I'm tracking what I'm eating a little bit to be more aware of it. Weight Watchers, which has now been rebranded as WW because they realized that Weight Watchers was kind of contributing to some of the not healthy stuff. WW talks about tracking your food. And I have never been in Weight Watchers or WW, excuse me. So I can't say for certain, but it seems like they're very aware of trying to do this in a healthy way, in a way that you can eat whatever you want. Food is good. Food is not the enemy. Your body's not the enemy. I say that if you want to track your food, do WW, 
you know, eat more broccoli, whatever you're trying to do, work out more, whatever you're trying to do is great. But if you have support systems around you that can challenge you and can call you out, if and when you start to kind of fall down the rabbit hole of maybe doing it a little obsessively, or maybe focusing solely on that, or maybe, you know, going to the extreme, I think that's really, really important to do this in a healthy way you know, is a lot about mindset, making sure we're not going to the extreme. If you go to the gym every day, because that's what you do and you like to, great. If you feel like you have to go to the gym every day, that's a different story. So I am not saying that I don't want people to be healthy. Being healthy is great. What I am saying is that there's mindsets around it. And thinking about food as as the enemy, thinking about meals as cheating, thinking about you know, certain foods is clean and other foods is, what's the opposite of clean? Dirty. These words aren't healthy. That's not how we're meant to think. We're meant to eat. So now that we kind of know what like falls into diet culture, I want to talk about why it's so bad. Why I can't stand clean eating or that phrase, why I can't stand cheat meals. Like, why is it so bad? There's a few reasons. So first of all, being skinny is not necessarily ideal or healthy or realistic. We could all eat the exact same thing. And guess what? Our bodies would still look different. I don't think people realize that. I don't really know when being skinny became the ideal, but I don't love it. I know it's different in other cultures. Thankfully, it didn't used to be this way. I have some teenage clients who struggle with body image, as most teenagers do. And I tell them, I'm like, look, like, Part of why you're struggling with body image is because of just going through puberty. When we go through puberty, we kind of, we get boobs and we get hips and maybe we get butts. And like, that's, that's how our bodies are meant to work. Our bodies are meant to, as females, at least our bodies are meant to carry babies and we can't carry babies if we don't have hips. Like it's purely functional. So anyways, part of why diet culture is so toxic is because being skinny is not necessarily ideal. It's not healthy. It's not realistic. Another reason is a lot of people are talking about like miracle cures or quick fixes, which uh, I don't really understand that these miracle cures and these quick fixes. I feel like everyone, you know, a, a probiotic is a quick fix. This shake, if you drink this protein shake every day, it's a quick fix. If you drink celery juice every day, it's a quick fix. Like maybe celery juice every day is good for you. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but it's not a quick fix. Diet culture also talks a lot about how there's something wrong with you. I get that message a lot and I'm really tired of it. Getting this message of, have you been doing all the quote unquote right things and you still don't like the number on the scale? Well, like you're doing it wrong. You don't have my secret. You don't have my, you know, secret three-step process. Like what? I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm living my life. I'm eating when I'm hungry. I'm not eating when I'm not hungry. Sometimes I want a salad and sometimes I want a burger. Like that's just called life. That's called living. So I really, really don't like this messaging of like, there's something wrong with you because there's nothing wrong with you. Diet culture is also very extreme. I don't think I've ever seen, you know, a health coach, a personal trainer, uh, whoever, They are out there. I'm not knocking these professions. I think personal trainers are awesome. They know so much about the body. 
I don't mean to knock these professions, but these kind of gimmicky things, I don't think I've ever seen one that's like, guess what? The secret is being balanced. No, like I see like, okay, for four weeks, do this and then you'll be cured. Right? Like I see, what's the one that I'm thinking of? 21 day fix. Now I've never done the 21 day fix. It's like a beach body program. I'm sure people have great results with it, but it's like for 21 days, you can't cheat. You can't have this. You can't have that. You can't do this. And that feels extreme to me. That feels so extreme. I think another issue with diet culture, which which this kind of goes into lots of different things in this day and age, but I feel like everyone's the expert. And I'm a little bit tired of that. And because that's not really true. Lately, there's been this trend of healing the serotonin in your gut. So let me back up a little bit. The past few years, I've seen a trend with gut health, which I think is awesome. And I'm not going to lie to you. I have fed into it. I have terrible gut health. Oh my gosh. I go to the bathroom like once a week. It's terrible. And so when I go on Instagram and somebody's like, hey, I have this probiotic pill that's going to make you, you know, go to the bathroom at the same time every day. I am like, sign me up. Yes, I want that. I've tried some of them. They don't work. They haven't cured my gut health. And maybe they've helped some people. That's great. But the problem is everyone's different. Everyone has different health histories. Everyone has different doctors. Everyone has different needs. And so these extreme cure-all miracle fixes are just not realistic. That's not realistic. So anyway, so gut health has been increasingly popular, which I think partly is a good thing. It's important for people to go to GI doctors. It's important for people to look at how their gut health is affecting them and all of that. But even more recently, there's been a trend on serotonin in the gut. And somebody asked me recently, serotonin is a hormone in our bodies. It's a neurotransmitter, actually. And we can make serotonin. There's man-made serotonin which is wonderful. There's drugs called SSRIs, which stands for Selective Serotonin Reuptake Inhibitor. And I don't know how these drugs work because I'm not a scientist, but they change your serotonin levels. Serotonin is a really, really big hormone. It's a really big neurotransmitter in our body because it affects a lot of things. It affects our sleep. It affects our energy. It affects our anxiety and mood, and it affects a ton of things. And so somebody recently said to me, did you know that serotonin is made in your gut? And I was like, what are you talking about? Serotonin's made in your brain. And they were like, no, 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 serotonin's made in your gut. I saw an Instagram ad or Facebook or TikTok or wherever that like about healing the serotonin in your gut and it's going to heal your anxiety and depression. And I was like, oh my gosh, what the literal F. So I did some research on it. They have studied rats and they've tweaked the bacteria in the gut of rats And depending on how they tweaked it, it made certain rats more bold and certain rats more anxious, depending on what tweak they gave this gut bacteria. So there's an article that says that 95% of serotonin is produced in the gut. It actually, and I quote, gut bacteria manufactures about 95% of the body's supply of serotonin. So I did some digging and I found this study on rats where they tweaked the gut bacteria. And I found some peer-reviewed journals. What that means is they put the work of, if one person does a study or does research, they then have to put that work up for peers to review it and scrutinize it to possibly invalidate their work. And that's what's considered scientific. Maybe some of you remember this from college. You had to find peer-reviewed journals because it's scientific if it's been at the scrutiny of your colleagues and they haven't been able to invalidate it. So anyways, 
I did some digging. I was looking at peer-reviewed journals. Serotonin is produced in the brain. It is produced in the brain, which I, I knew that. I thought that, but I was like, let me, let me verify. Serotonin is produced in neurons near the brain stem, and then it's sent out to serotonin receptors in order to do things like what I was saying, manage appetite, sleep. I think serotonin impacts memory, impacts attention. So in this peer-reviewed journal, aka a scientific journal, it said that roughly 95% of total body serotonin is released into the gut. But it got translated somehow to 95% of the body serotonin is produced in the gut. And so fix your gut health and all your mental health will be fixed. But that's not what's happening. Of course, serotonin is being released into the gut because guess what? Our brains do a lot of cool stuff and then release it into all different parts of our body. Serotonin is also being released into other parts of our bodies too because it communicates with everything. But it's getting translated into this, oh my gosh, heal your gut and you'll heal all your mental health disorders. Do we see that? how that's a problem? Plus, we already knew that we could alter serotonin. That's why there's SSRIs. That's why that's a big class of medication. People are prescribed drugs that mess with their serotonin levels. Again, please ask a scientist or someone who develops drugs because I don't really know how it messes with serotonin levels, but it does, which is really awesome that we can do that. But because of all of this, it's gotten into diet culture that's, oh, I need to eat more kale because that increases the serotonin in my gut and that helps my anxiety. What? You guys, seriously, what is happening in this world? What is going on? I mentioned that part of what has sparked this podcast episode is that I recently read the book Tired as Fuck by Caroline Dooner. So this woman, Caroline Dooner, the author, she is not claiming to be a therapist or anything like that. She's not a therapist. She's a writer. She started out as an actress, actually. She talked about kind of all of these health issues that she had that she was looking for miracle fixes on. So she talks about how she went raw vegan for a while, which I don't fully know what raw veganism is, but it sounds really dangerous. This woman, it sounds like she was basically starving herself in the name of raw veganism. And she was looking for all these extremes, all these miracle cures, because I mean, who doesn't want that? I want a miracle cure for only going to the bathroom once a week. I would love that. But she was looking for this because she was having health issues. And guess what? She found it. She found a lot of it. She found people saying, I can heal this. I can heal this. Just do raw vegan. Just drink this. Just drink this shake or just take this pill or, you know, whatever she was finding. And guess what it did? It bred a lovely, lovely, lovely eating disorder. And it also made her health worse. Because guess what? The one thing she wasn't doing was going to a doctor and saying, hey, I don't feel well. I need some help. I, I need to figure this out. So reading this book now, obviously, I'm simplifying this. I am not her. I am paraphrasing. Please go read the book. But like, it made me realize, like, how many of us are doing this? Because I think it's normal to want a miracle fix. I think it's normal to be like, oh, yeah, I'd love to lose 10 pounds. That's the world we live in. I don't think it's healthy or normal to say, okay, so I'm going to buy this pill and take it and it's going to fix all my problems. Healing the serotonin in my gut is going to fix all the problems. No, that's not how it works. I wish it was. It might make life a little easier sometimes. 
But I want us to be careful with what we're looking at. I want us to be careful with how we're talking to ourselves too, because I catch myself doing it all the time and I'm aware of it and I can't stand toxic diet culture. And I still catch myself being like, oh, if I could just lose five pounds. And then I'm like, wait, why? What does that mean? Losing five pounds doesn't change anything about my worth or my beauty or my brain or anything like that. Or I think, you know, oh, I'm jealous. This person goes to the gym every day and I don't. Well, guess what? I've gone to the gym every day and I was a miserable human being because I was exhausted and sore. (laughs) It didn't work well for me. Maybe it works for that person. Great. It doesn't work for me. And I recognize that. I don't want us to feel guilt and shame around eating. It's what we're supposed to do. When a baby is born, this is kind of like a silly, cutesy little example, but when a baby is born in the hospital, one of the first things they get the baby to do is, one of the first things to try to get the baby to do is to latch onto the mother to, to eat. Because we need to eat. Because eating is a part of life. Eating is what makes our brains work. Eating is what makes our bodies work. I had a client many, many years ago who was on the paleo diet. Was it paleo? I think it was paleo. It was where he wasn't eating any carbohydrates. He was eating like meats and fats and and no carbohydrates. So maybe that's not paleo. I don't know what that is, but whatever that is, no carbohydrates. And I think he lost some weight, but he would complain about this brain fog he would complain all the time about this brain fog of, oh, I can't, I can't focus. I'm having trouble remembering things. My attention span is kind of low. And he, he came to me because he was like, I think I have ADD because I can't focus. And I was like, okay, well, ADD is a, a lot more than just that. He wanted a quick fix. He wanted a quick diagnosis, a quick reason. Do I have ADD? Okay, put me on Ritalin. Let's see what happens. I was like, well, let's look more into that. Well, guess what? He started eating carbohydrates again. And guess what happened? He could focus. It was a miracle. (laughs) He was like, oh gosh, that was messing with my brain. Yeah, because we're meant to eat and we're meant to love ourselves. And it's so hard to love ourselves and love ourselves just the way we are when we are inundated with this toxic diet culture bullshit. When everywhere we look is an extreme. Do this. 30 days fat loss. It's enticing. I get that it's enticing, but we have to be really, really careful about it because it can make us sick. It can make us miserable. It can make us hate our awesome, awesome bodies that do so much for us. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you for listening to this. Clearly, I'm really passionate about it. I'd love to hear your comments, questions. Always feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. And I can't wait to see you next week. Please follow me wherever you're listening to this podcast and on Instagram at okishpodcast. Also, I would love it if you could rate the podcast and leave a review. The best way to get in contact with me is to go to okishpodcast.com and submit a comment, question. You can do it anonymously too, which is so great. I will see you guys next Monday. I can't wait.